Hello, hello. It's Emily. I'm Christine. We're the Feminine Critique. We got an episode. It's number 65 or something. Thereabouts. Thereabouts somewhere. Uh, Almost senior citizen, I think. Uh, And we're... We got movies. Call us for our 300th show. Woohoo! In nine years. <laughs> yes, we have movies on this this episode. We do. Uh, now, you picked the movies this week. I did. Yeah. Tell me what about was that. I thinking? So, <laughs> after last episode... Where, to, for those who don't remember, I, I tortured Christine with a chorus line in The Red Shoes. Two Tor- wonderful movies about dance. Look, I only like dance when it's in the form of a step-up movie. That's that's not unreasonable, but you're still Thanks. wrong. Preferably two, four, and five. Obviously. Um, not three. Oh, you, I... <laughs> yeah, why are you trying to antagonize me so early in the show, I don't know. We have like another started. hour and a half to go. I'm already laying traps and we just Jeez. started. Um, so, there had been talk of us talking about um, Dark Places. Mm-hmm. We had covered Gone Girl back in the day. Yes, and and we it had been mentioned like that it was um, on Amazon Prime, and you didn't even know it had come out, and, mm-hmm. and it I has a really like, good cast. Let's cover it; it should be cool. Um, so I decided that we should cover that, mm-hmm. and then I had to pick something to go with it. So naturally, I picked Reindeer Games because why would you not pick? Look, it, it makes games. sense. You th- yeah. did you do you see why I did? There's there's a connection. We, we've got Charlize <laughs> Theron as as the only woman in Reindeer Games, and uh-huh. as you know, one of a few women in Dark Places. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And you've got um, no reindeer in either one of them. No, Ben Affleck is in Reindeer oh, Games. Oh snap! And he's in Gone Girl. Look how clever I that, was. That's good. I did not even realize that. I really thought you picked it because there was no reindeer in either one. <laughs> Could have picked a great many movies. I suppose big. not Prancer. Oh, <laughs> that's true. The only movie you could not have picked would have been Prancer and maybe Elf. There's, I could. Let's make a list of reindeer-filled movies. <laughs> that's gonna be. Uh, we're gonna do a whole like reindeer-themed month where we cover mm-hmm. Prancer. And I think there was a Prancer too, actually. And Prancer too. And side note, I really like Prancer. I haven't seen it since I was young, but I remember thinking I liked it was it. delightful. It made me cry when I was little. Yeah, right? Yep. Yeah. So, um, Dark Places and Reindeer Games. I think we'll have much or nothing or much to say about both. I think we'll have both of those things, too. I, I agree. I see <laughs> our minds. We're right there. We are right there yep. on the same reindeer level. We are. Uh, before we delve into the world of no reindeer... Mm-hmm. Uh, weather stuff we've been watching and stuff. Now, you've been busy... I've, and my list will reflect that. Ah, that's reasonable. I've been busy. I move everyone. I'm moving in like two days. So please send everybody your change of address. Yep. It just, I'll, I'll, I'll message it to you. Um, <laughs> group message. Yep. And I'm getting married at Yay! the end of February. Get married. So I've been watching a lot of hoarders for some reason. That makes sense. Yep. Um, I finished That's my re- a really good show to watch when you're moving because it's it giving you- me anxiety attacks. Oh, but I see, I feel like it would also make you like when you're the worst thing when you're moving is you realize all the stuff you have that you haven't realized you've had. 
Because it's when you go through your closets and you're like, oh, I didn't know I had this. And if you wa- you're watching Hoarders while you're doing that, which, by the way, I've never actually watched Hoarders. For all I know, it, it has nothing to do with hoarding. Um, but I would think, oh, based on the title of Hoarders, does. <laughs> but wouldn't it make you be like, you know what, maybe I shouldn't keep this pack of press-on nails that was given to me nine years ago. No, I'm going to be like that lady in Hoarders. That's what that's what Zach's been doing. He's been saying, look, I don't want to hoard. That's and, good. And get rid of stuff. I, I'm, so it's been good hoard. motivation. Um, I refinished my rewatch of Twin Peaks. Okay. Um, haven't watched the movie yet. The movie is my favorite. Oh. Um, so, yeah, I'm You'll excited. You'll my friend if I tell you I've never watched any Twin Peaks. It's shocking to me. I know, because it but seems... It's okay. Yeah, I, I, I obviously didn't watch it when it was on. I just, you know, I wasn't in on the ground floor. And I've just never um, had the energy to take it on myself. Because I know I feel like it's a big commitment. It's only a big commitment because it's really not that many episodes. Mm-hmm. But there's this this period in the second season that is... Re- that really diverges. Like, it, they, it's it's like, we let's remember why we're all here. Okay. Um, it gets a little meh, but the movie is just I ugh, really great, and I love it, and I can't wait to to watch it. And I'll talk about it next time. But um, if you're ever feeling sassy, just watch the first season. Mm-hmm. That first season zips zip, zips okay. by. Okay. Um, but we watched that. Hmm, I watched a lot of X Files, and then X Files came back, I so did. I watched those. Um, lots of TV because I haven't had the time to sit and watch movies. But when I did have the time, I watched Bewitched. You know, it's funny. I saw that pop up on Instant Watch, and I even, like, thought, because I've been try- having a hard time figuring out what to do for the next episode, and I was like, I wonder if there's any merit to covering that movie. I fucking love this movie. Really? I have seen it dozens of times. Huh. <laughs> I remember it, you know, it came out during that, Nicole Kidman is box office poison period. Oh, um, I and I know, and both of us love Nicole Kidman and, and kind of get angry at that. But I remember like see, looking at me like, I wonder what they did with this. And do they she's, do something interesting with it? Yes. And she's so phenomenal in it. And I hate Will Ferrell and he's really good in it. Interesting. I love it. It's, they, it's a weird interest. I would like to talk about it with you just because it's not a straight remake. It's, I hate the word meta because I use it wrong a lot, but this is, it's a really meta movie. It's like, it's very aware. Right. Um, kind of like I, Brady Bunch movie-esque? Kind of, but like, it's like the Brady Bunch movie, if in the Brady Bunch movie they were um, recasting the Brady Bunch. Okay. In the Brady Bunch movie. Like, it's really good. You should, you should watch it. I might, I might. You know, if in looking back, it would have been a really good pair for the Stepford Wives. Mm, yeah. Obviously, we, we went a different route with that. But yes, we did. It's so good. Um, I would love to hear what you think. Okay. You might hate it. We don't know. We will find no, out one day. I can't know. So after that, I watched Practical Magic because it really seemed like the only way to go. <laughs> I have, I think I've told you the weirdest memory I have of project, uh, Practical Magic, which I've never seen, but I worked in a movie theater. My first like real job, I worked uh, in concession, the concession stand in a movie theater for a couple of months and they had previews that would run, but mm-hmm. it was the same previews like every half hour they'd restart the video. Yep. So I can still, I can't think of practical magic without also thinking of the Prince of Egypt and Rush Hour. Yeah. Because all three of them were like 
one would show, then the next one would show, the next one would show. So I remember Practical Magic, it was they used the, the I was going to say Meredith Baxter. It's not Meredith Baxter. Who's saying bitch? It's Meredith not Meredith Brooks. Baxter. She was on the Facts of Life. Meredith Brooks. Meredith Brooks. She was not on the Facts of Life. No, she was on Family Ties. I am rusty today. What's going Very on? Very rusty. Anyway, point being, how is Practical Magic? Awful. Really? Like, we should watch that movie. Ooh. I had no idea it was going to be as bad as it was. Nice. Like, it's tone deaf and confusing mm. and all over the place. And then one minute is really sad and somber. And then the next minute, like, like there's, like, no consequences in it. It's so strange. Okay. Um, I hated it, but it, it was um, it was interesting. Nice. Sandra Bullock is bizarre in it. It's bizarre what what women will. I mean, not like it's in the that far in the past. It's bizarre what kind of movies they thought women wanted to see. <laughs> well, man, it was the nineties. Nineties is twenty years ago. Ugh. Yeah. What? How's that for feeling old? I'm I'm forever young. Um, <laughs> I watched a movie on Netflix Instant, which is not my recommend. Because I didn't really like it. <clears throat> it's called Visions. I feel like it's shown up in my recommends. Anything? Yeah. People have started watching it. I've seen it pop up. It is kind of pretty and interesting in a way. Um, Isla Fisher is in it. Of, okay. Uh, of Wedding Crashers fame, I guess. I don't know what else she was in. She's married to Borat in real life. Oh, yeah. I mean, I like her plenty. Like, the cast is pretty cool if you look it up. Um, it's weird. It's like a ghost movie, but like a... It's like everything that I would like. It's a ghost mm-hmm. movie on a, in a wine vineyard. Ooh. But like, with an unreliable narrator and like, weird circumstances. So you'd be like, oh. gluten-free? Completely. There you go. I tried, and I didn't get sick. You would think <laughs> you would think like home run, right? But not. No, not really. There was it, like it's got like three different movies going on in it, and and you you wish that maybe they would have just picked one and gone with it. Mm. Curious if you um if you okay. take a look at it. Right. I'll let you know if I do. It's I I don't regret watching it. Sometimes I'll watch stuff and be like, ugh. Right, a waste of time. Why did I do this? But not not that one. Um, and then the only other thing I watched was The Visit. What did you think of The Visit? I loved it. I knew you would. Did I, I not say you would? I said you would. I knew you you knew that. Um, yep. You're very perceptive. Yep. Um, I appreciate the fact it that really, you really watching that movie. As soon as it was over, I'm like, Chris, this is a movie for Christine. It has everything Christine likes. <laughs> yeah, I... I I didn't go in expecting to dislike it, mm-hmm. but I was I was cautious. Like like, what are we doing? Um, the the quote unquote twist because there is a twist. There's a twist. It it's I wasn't surprised by it because at one point early on I kind of wondered about yeah. it and then kind of forgot about it. So when it happened, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. There you Where, go. Whereas <laughs> I saw that in the theater with Jason, who everybody remembers was on our, our show last week. And when that, when the reveal happened, Jason audibly in the theater was did a like giant gasp and then like looked around because nobody else gasped the way he did. And he just looks around the theater and he goes, nobody, come on, nobody. <laughs> um, when we had seen the previews for it, back when we didn't have any other reason, any reason to expect anything other than this to suck. Right. Like, Zach said, oh, 
this is what it is. And I said, you think? And he's like, I'm almost positive that's what it's going to be. And I was like, oh, well, I guess we'll see if we ever watch it. And we're watching it, and he's building his case, building his case. And I was like, I got to a point where I was like, you know what? I don't even fucking care if you're right or wrong. Like, I really am enjoying this movie. And that's good. It doesn't live and die on that twist. Nope, by no means. Um, my mom had, and I had a conversation, she didn't even really consider it a, a twist. It's more she, a reveal. Yeah, really. she said it just, it just happened, and, and like, mm-hmm. you, it, like, explains some stuff, but it doesn't matter at that point. Yeah, yeah. Um, I screamed, like, <laughs> like a, like, bloody murder scream. Nice. During this movie, and I haven't done that in a very long time. Nice. Like, shrill, extended, not like a, ah! There, there's a few really good uh, scares that are earned. Like, there's like a jump scare or two, but they're not cheap. No, not at all. And they, and they, they don't rely on like how quick we can make this happen, right? And I don't like that. Like, just because you flash something real quick, of course I'm startled. Right? <laughs> you, just, you just startled me. <laughs> but um, this one, it's. That's why the extended scream happened because it like scared me and continued to scare me. Ugh, I liked it a lot. Nice, nice. So yeah, and the kids were great, right? They were. Yeah, like people. A lot of people were like, "Oh, the kids are so annoying." I'm like, "No, they're kids. Like they act like kids, like precocious kids." Yep. And I think that's a movie that really, uh, where the found footage makes perfect sense and is done really well. I agree. Because she's also, like, she's a filmmaker. So she's going to be a little better with a camera than just some dude shaking a camera around for an hour and a yeah. half. Uh, and it makes sense. Like, you are you never feel like they should have dropped the camera. Uh, yeah. Which can be so distracting in movies. Yeah. It, it, it really serves the story. Yeah. Yeah. I am, I am very glad you watched it. Is that everything you watched? That is sadly everything. Okay. That's okay. Um, speaking of The Visit, I didn't watch The Visit, but I did rewatch The Visitor. Visitor. Oh. Have you seen The Visitor? No, I haven't seen it. But oh, you- it's so bonkers. It's amazing. It's on Amazon Prime. Is it still? It's it been is on still, our, yeah. It's been on our list. It's like a musical, right? No. It's, oh my God, this movie... It, you're like we're talking about how the visit was kind of made for you. The visitor is made for me. It has <laughs> oh, Shelley Winters. It has um, it has an evil child who curses the whole time, uh-huh. and it has bird attacks. And I love my bird attacks. And more importantly, it has a scene of violence via figure skating. Yeah, you told me about that. Like I really, I still don't know if this movie is real or if I just every once in a while dream it up perfectly. Um, cause it really is just everything I want in a movie. It's so bonkers and and the score, it's, it's so seventies and it's very like that kind of psychedelic seventies type thing. And it's got a great cast. John Houston is in it. Why is John Houston? Yeah. In it? I don't know. Lance Henriksen is in it. Um, it's, it is just, just weird beyond everything. And I adore it. Uh, and it's still on Amazon Prime, so you should definitely watch would it. Would I like it? I think you would. I think you would appreciate it, or you would be you would find it interesting. Okay. You might really just enjoy it. I think because I mean, it has a, an evil little girl who curses, 
And, like, she meets a guy she doesn't like, so she's like, you're a child molester. Because <laughs> she's southern, too, so it's even better. She does <laughs> gymnastics. She shoots her mom. It's all... I don't know if I'm selling this movie well enough, but trust me. No, you're you're selling it. I've, okay. It's been on the Amazon Prime list for a while. It's like you have a scene where John Houston is playing Pong with this little girl. Yeah, that good. Okay. Uh, another movie I rewatched was Mad Max Fury Road, the Oscar-nominated oh. Mad Max Fury Road. I rewatched that before the last nice. show. Nice, but it, it holds up. Doesn't it hold up. Yeah. So fucking good. I was talking about it with somebody else that, that said, you know, they need to rewatch it. And I was like, well, I enjoyed it a little bit more mm. because I hated the first five minutes of this movie. Huh. Interesting. Like, like it's well, what's interesting it, watching it because I was watching it with Brandon who hadn't seen it and thinking of like the the tone of it because at one point Brandon's like I have to go to the bathroom I'm like well wait 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 because you're gonna you're in the, you're just about to start a giant chase so go now like, the pacing of yeah. the movie is so odd I think and very different from anything else and that opening is just kind of chaos for five minutes yeah and I didn't I was like ew this is what this movie is I'm not gonna <laughs> like but like you know what I mean like it it didn't it didn't sell itself very well in that first I can little see bit. that. It just didn't, like, I was ready. I, I was sitting in the theater and I thought, oh, I'm going yeah, to be the one. I'm going to be the one that goes like, this isn't very good, guys. <laughs> I'm going to be that one person on Facebook that everybody hates. Yeah, but then, like, the fucking, like, the, the title card smashes in. Yep. And, and then it starts proper. And well, you're like, and also oh. then it doesn't become a Mad Max movie. It becomes yes. a Furiosa movie. So I think it was a fucking fake out. I think that opening yeah, is a fake out. I do too. I think, um,. And it's, I remember saying this about Magic Mike, which I have, which as we know, I have huge problems with, but something Magic Mike did that was really interesting was in the first, the opening scene, you have a naked woman Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like this. And I felt like that, that was the same thing. It was this fake out of like, no, 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 guys, stay here, stay here. We're going to have like, there's stuff for you too. And then after that, you don't get (laughs) naked women. Yep. And I kind of wondered with that, with Mad Max, like frenetic five minutes of Max, Max, Max. And then it. Like, it's not a Max movie, but it it takes its time to tell you that. And you don't realize it until you're about an hour in when you start to, like, really think, like, this, this is, like, you you could argue this is not, this is just shouldn't be called Mad Max. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I do wonder how much, if that was deliberate on George Miller's part to kind of ease you into realizing you're actually watching this movie where your main character is this woman. It's brilliant think, if it was. I think so. Yeah. Because I, I really, like, but I think Zach and I looked at each other and went, like, oh, no, is this what we're in for? <laughs> and then, it, like, then it was awesome all yeah. of a sudden. Yep. Yeah. And it looks, I mean, I, I'm glad I saw it in the theater in 3D just because yeah. I think that 3D was so good. Uh, but it still looks great on my TV screen. Uh, and, again, it's, it, there's so much more to it. And you just look and just you sit back and think, this is a this what this could have been and should have been and what it is and just how fantastic that is uh and it's fucking oscar nominated and george miller yeah. mom putting my money down he's gonna win best director you think so i do i don't think it's gonna win best picture i think it'll probably go to like spotlight or a short or whatever the um steve carell movie is that i can't i keep forgetting the name of the big but, short the big short yeah um but i think and george miller he's been winning most of the awards uh he won the director's guild i think 
And I, I really think that in the end, he's going to get that vote. It's going to be a split. I don't think the movie's going to win, but I think George Miller is going to get best director. Because Ridley oh, Scott well, also right. isn't nominated. If Ridley Scott was nominated, I'd say no. But no, I think the people that would have voted for Ridley Scott are going to vote for George Miller. That's my right. prediction, well, early prediction, right. people. I'll revise right. Well, you hear her first. You I have to do... Heard it here first. Yeah, I, I usually always win my... Um, I, I do, you know, I'm always in different pools, and I usually win, but I just, you know, I don't want to get too cocky yet, so. No, not yet. It's too early. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, a couple of new things. So, hey, um, I don't remember, like, we talked about Butterfly Effect a while back, and about how, like, I really dig that movie, and then I yeah. knew that there were sequels, and I had them on my queue forever, and then I found out, oh, they're on HBO Go, I can watch them, so I watch Butterfly Effect too. So... How'd Chris- that go? Okay, Christine, if you were going to make a Butterfly Effect 2, like, yes. what do you think, what would you do with the story? Like, what would you do? Give me give me some ideas. Bounce some um, things off me. I don't know, like, a Butterfly Effect? But, like, what, on who? What is, like, the, what is the first one? Right, the first one's about, it's like Ashton one, Kutcher, and, you know, he has, like, an abusive, like, in, in his childhood, his friends are being abused and there's a bully so yeah you know he keeps going back and changing things and yeah yeah so yeah. like you know, your, your average butterfly effect your average butterfly effect but like what i don't know like you have the chance now okay we're gonna do a sequel so we have the concept we're not gonna do the same characters we're gonna apply the butterfly effect to somebody else i don't know like what kind of person are you gonna apply it to like who do an you old- want to see a butterfly effect movie about an old man okay that's a good one yeah that that would be interesting okay. right you're sure you wouldn't think, hmm, oh, I don't know. How about a, like, yuppie salesman at a startup app company? You wouldn't think that? Well, now that you mention it, yes. Like, why don't we make The Butterfly Effect 2 the whitest movie that ever whited? So Blake Lively's brother is the main <laughs> guy. And you know how Blake Lively's, like, really pretty, but, like, really, if you talk to her, you'd feel like you were talking to air? Mm-hmm. Yeah, her brother's the same way. Same way. Yes. Uh, and, like, that's it. Like, so the first butterfly effect, he goes back to changes. He's in a car accident and his girlfriend dies. So he goes back to change it. Okay, I get it. Okay. Only now in the new life, like, he's still at working at the startup company and his supervisor is, like, totally shitty and steals his ideas. So he goes back and butterfly effects it so that he takes those ideas. But now in this new world, he's the shitty vice president of his company. And, you know, he cheated on his girlfriend. And, like, that's what the movie's about. It's about, like, at one point there are, like, loan sharks after him. Again, all white. Everybody in this movie is white. <coughs> Butterfly effect so white, hashtag. Oh, gosh. Uh, but it's just, like, the, the... It sounds really boring. It was ter- I was so angry. It's a butterfly effect, man. I'm like, like you still are. Like you just think about what you could make it. Like I don't know, make it about um, a politician who has like a you know almost causes a nuclear war, or make it about a I don't know like a gang member who like has all these chances to do things differently. Like or make it about the most boring person who you don't want to watch a movie about. So I just made me angry. Huh. All right. So. So not a recommend is what I'm not saying. A uh, so along those lines, what's that? Did you watch another one? No, I think there's a three out there, which uh, of course I'm going to watch really, at some point. 
really disappointed that this just didn't keep going. <laughs> it would have. I so really... I followed it up with Butterfly Effect 3. I'm pretty sure there's a 3. Uh, I wonder if that one is about a, like, I don't know, an IT guy. That's probably what that one's about. <sighs> All right. So along the lines of you had the chance to make this big a movie of this. Why did you make this movie? Christine, the Leprechaun series, right? Leprechauns. Leprechauns. When you think Leprechaun, like, because here's a big, everybody knows WWE Studios got the rights to Leprechaun and they have a little person wrestler. So it was like a natural fit here. We're going to make a Leprechaun movie. Um, again, if you were to reboot Leprechaun, yes, what would you do? Like, tell me, give me, give me some ideas. Throw some things at me. Um, Leprechaun in the hood. Oh wait, that's already been done. It's already been done. Um, Leprechaun in space. Already been done. I think that's already been done. <laughs> I was kidding, and then I realized. <laughs> um, Leprechaun in the jungle. Ooh, Ooh, Leprechaun in the jungle. I like that one. Leprechaun in Alaska. Ooh, that's even better. I like things in the snow. Like, and then uh, what? What kind of leprechaun? Like, when you what, the reason the leprechaun movies was it because he was scary? Was it because he was funny? Was it because he was cute? Was it because he dressed well? Like, what are you thinking? I want, I, I want, you know, a whole leprechaun reboot, like a gritty reboot where leprechauns, like in like tattered clothing. Ooh, or what if he's <laughs> wearing no clothing? N- naked leprechaun. Naked leprechaun. Um, and do you? And let's face it, you want. A scary leprechaun, right? Like, I mean, that's yeah. what people came to leprechaun for. They came there for the scares, and instead they got one-liners, and that pissed people off, right? So that's why when, so. when WWE Studios made Leprechaun Origins, they were like, we're going to make a really serious horror movie. We're going to try to make a really serious horror movie. Like, mm-hmm. you fucking, you're making a leprechaun movie. Why are you trying to be scary, Especially yeah. if you can't be scary. The guy who directed this was was um, a child actor who was in the Sasquatch basketball movie. So that was exciting. The lead mm-hmm. actress was in the cat movie that I reviewed during uh, Christmas Shocking <laughs> Stuffer. So that was exciting. <laughs> um, but this, like, the leprechaun, you don't see the leprechaun. They jaws it. So you don't see the leprechaun for, like, the first hour of the movie. And then you never so really see the leprechaun. You see, like, glimpses of him. Um, he doesn't talk at all. Uh, he just kills. Um, they do this interesting thing where it's like the you have your four pretty young people who are running from the leprechaun, and they have a moment where like one of them falls and two of them run away and don't help them. So you're like, oh, okay, good. There's some like that's an interesting thing to do in these movies because now you you can create this kind of conflict. They don't do anything with it. Um, it was it was not by any means the worst direct to video horror movie that I've seen. I've seen a lot of uh-huh. direct-to-video horror movies, so take of that, yeah. make of that what you will. But still, it was just mind-boggling to think, whose decision was it to make this movie of this movie? So that was Leprechaun Origins. It's on Amazon Prime. Yeah, I don't know. It, it seems like that was there was no way that was going to succeed. Yeah, again, granted, if they had made a wise-talking, sassy Leprechaun and not made it funny, that would have sucked too, and that might have been more painful. Yeah. But it was just such a bizarre decision to come at this property that is known for being really campy, which granted, like, Child's Play did it. Like, you had Child's Play turned into a very campy franchise, where Seed of Chucky is all out camp, and then the next movie, they kind of went back and did what I thought was a really good balance of, no, we're going to now kind of make a serious horror movie, 
but we kind of know that you're expecting this. So we're going to give you a couple of winks, but we're going to treat mm-hmm. it seriously. And I think that one worked. Whereas this, it was just, no, we're going to pretend we have nothing to do with the rest of the series or any of the charm, ha ha ha, lucky charms, of the rest of the series. Uh, we're just, we have a leprechaun. We have, we're going to tell a scary leprechaun story. So mm-hmm. It's not scary. So that was, oh, that was man. That. You're, you're very brave. I, I am. I am so brave that um, I'm on Amazon Prime because Amazon Prime speaks to me in a lot of ways. Yeah. They have a lot of 90s uh, like TV movies, uh, including they I see William Cat, uh, which is automatically going to make me watch and drool a little bit because I've got a little crush on the man. Uh, oh, and I man. watched a movie called Daddy's Girl. Oh, boy. Daddy's Girl. It's not what you think. I know oh, you and your wow. dirty mind. I know where you're going with it. It's not I that. Think most of us. No. Now, Daddy's Girl. So the Daddy's Girl in Daddy's Girl is um, <clears throat> a young girl named Jody who is an evil child. Oh, um, just your evilest evil child that ever eviled. Um, this, this is your movie, huh? this is, Oh, this is so made for me. She And she has one-liners. Like, she she kills her teacher. She kills her grandma. Um, she tries to poison her grandma, and her grandma is played by, um, Caroline Brady from Days of Our Lives, so again, like, <laughs> what more could I have in this movie? Uh, she tries to poison her grandmother's prune juice with Drano, oh which is a wonderful breakfast scene of her constantly trying to get her grandma to drink her prune juice. Um, she kills her social worker, she tries to kill her mom, uh, it's great. It's so campy, and it's made by the same guy who made Silent Night, Deadly Night 5, which right. is actually, to me, the best of those movies. And also has a... And Silent Night, Deadly Night 5 is about the toy maker. And in this movie, William Cat plays a toy maker. So I don't know what kind of connection's going on. Uh, it's okay. Honestly, guys, it's not good. But if you want an evil child movie that you've never seen, um, it's on Amazon Prime. And it's really fun and stupid. And I loved it. Uh, oh, well, good. Yeah, I mean, hey, what makes me happy? You know what else I loved? And you're not going to love it. And people aren't going to believe me, and they're going to judge oh, me for oh. loving it. I watched Rock of Ages. Oh, it was awful. I loved it! What did you think it was? You saw oh, it? Oh, my God. It's so god-awful. He downloaded it. it as a joke. It was painful to watch. Well, I liked it. Tom Cruise was having <laughs> so much fun. Oh, it was so bad. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Um, I think I think we had seen, I don't know where, like one of the performances from it popped up somewhere. And I was like, oh, this is goofy and ridiculous. That would be a, a larf to watch this. So we downloaded it, didn't spend money on it. Oh, wait, unless we paid oh we might have paid for that so then we, we we watched it and i was like this is a bad joke this isn't funny anymore <laughs> oh I'm i enjoyed I it. Liked it i mean it's it's a goofy i because i it's self-aware it knows what it's doing uh everybody is. is having fun alec baldwin is having fun he was a dick about it after it came out apparently but he's having fun russell brand is really fun in it and he's not annoying um, I, like I mean, it. Tom Cruise is, like, award-worthy in that movie. Oof. Okay. I'm glad that we, we can agree to disagree on this one. <laughs> yes. Um, also, you know, along the same lines, I watched Ex Machina. 
Oh, still haven't seen it. It was really good. I really dug it. I think you'll dug you'll dug it. You'll you'll dug it after you watch it. I'll dug it too. Um, Just a a extremely smart movie. One that the more I like, I it's one that I will rewatch because it did make me think, and then I wondered other things I could have been thinking. Um, Mm -hmm. And the look of it is perfect. It is such a, and I don't mean a good looking movie. I mean a perfect looking movie. In that the look that it creates for itself is really, it's very, I guess, Kubrick, but it's also really unique and it's so fitting. Uh, it's like this very stark uh, environment in this one house, but just everything about the decoration and the hallways is just all working with the story, I think. Um, so I, I think you'll really appreciate it and, and enjoy it. It's, it's, it is an entertaining film and Oscar Isaac's amazing. Uh, yeah, I really want to see it. Yeah, you should. It, I think it's on Amazon Prime, actually. I think it popped up on oh, Amazon that... Prime. So after you I watch Leprechaun Origins and Daddy's it. Girl, you should you can you know end your evening with Ex Machina. Uh, okay. Or I could just skip those. Or you. <laughs> Why would you? I just have a few more. Uh, because Lifetime. It's like if a Lifetime movie starts and I happen to watch it, I'm not gonna not record it and watch the rest of it. And that's what happened with <laughs> Taken Back, Finding Haley, starring Moira oh, Kelly wow. as a woman whose okay. daughter is kidnapped. So mm-hmm. Moira Kelly spends her life trying to find her daughter. And right. she works as a photographer. So she goes to all these high schools and takes pictures. And like every once in a while, she sees a girl and she's like, you would be Haley's age. You could be my daughter. Uh, and then what do you know? One of them is. And again, it's the chick from Hannibal, uh, who is also in My Sweet Audrina, who apparently has been, like, making the rounds at Lifetime and doing all these movies. Ab- she Was she Abigail? Abigail, yeah. Abigail what, what is her name? <gasps> oh, cool. Yeah. I love her. She was just in X-Files, um, the last... The, oh, the, the, the second... One, okay, part. I only watched the first one so far. Of the new X-Files. <laughs> she is getting a lot, a lot of work. Of words, so. uh, but yeah, fi- Taken Back, Finding Haley. Uh, two more. One was a rewatch. Uh, I was cleaning my closet and I just needed something on in the background, so I put on Jason X with commentary. God, I love this movie. Oh, I have, I haven't watched it since I saw it in the theater. Really? Really? Wow. Did you like it? I don't remember. It. I mean, it. It came out a while ago. It's like two thousand and one or something. Yeah, it's... I was really, really young. Yeah. I mean, you were. Too. <laughs> I mean, a few <laughs> months older. Thanks for rubbing it in. <laughs> but like, I don't remember. I mean, that's the one with the face shattering. Yeah, yeah. It's the or one. Like, it's the one in space, Christine. The one in space. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I got it. I don't remember my opinion on it. I've only seen it that one time. Oh, man. You should watch. It's very self-aware. It's very funny. David Cronenberg is in it. Oh, really? Yeah, he's in it. Like, he's actually in the movie. And on the commentary track, they talk about it. Like, he had worked with the director. The director had done special effects for him. And, like, the director was asked, like, had, like, was talking to him and was asking him for some, like, advice. And David Cronenberg's like, oh, I'll help you if you put me in your movie. Like, so he kind cool. of did the movie as both a favor and because and he wanted to be in the movie, which is awesome. That's just makes cool. me love Cronenberg more. Uh, but the, Jason X is fun. Um, I don't know. I, I suppose there are people out there who don't like it, but it's just a fun movie. It's stupid, but it's, it is meta. Um, 
but not annoying about it self i don't think i don't know i love it it's my mm-hmm. it's my kind of jason uh and then the last thing i watched um well i do in february the reason i watched a lot of movies about leprechauns and evil children because in february in my blog i always cover like focus on movies about short villains um, oh are you already working on that oh yeah i always i have that all sealed up already oh wow i guess that now i see a theme yep there was a theme the visitor daddy's girl leprechaun and devil's do oh i watched that in the um in the movie theater with my mom did you what did you think of it i didn't hate it you didn't no really you did i this was a movie that i I mean it wasn't terrible because the actors are good i think that really goes a long way in this movie but we were talking about how the visit as a found footage movie makes perfect sense yeah, this doesn't make sense. Doesn't make a lick of sense. And then you read the explanation about it. Because the whole time I'm watching it, I'm like, wait, so who's filming this? Oh, this is somebody else's camera. Why are we watching it on their camera? Oh, it didn't on... need to be that format. No. And then reading like an interview with the directors where they said basically like, oh, we like Chronicle. And we decided like we didn't want to tell a found footage story. We wanted to use footage from all different places in, in our lives. Except, like, the end of the movie, there was, where is that camera even coming from? And it was so distracting and annoying, because it just meant you couldn't watch the movie that well, because, all right, so you're giving me shaky cam, but you mean to tell me you didn't need to give me shaky cam? Uh, So it just pissed me off. And, I mean, I didn't think it was that good anyway, but that really pissed me off. It's like, so, I went and saw it with my mom, and every, I think you know the history of my mom taking me to movies, it's it's usually not awesome. So I was like, all right, this isn't terrible. I mean, it could have been worse. And again, like, it's professionally done. <laughs> like, the actors it, are, are good. It is a movie. It's a movie. <laughs> so it's got, like, an end reel and credits and stuff. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. It was just one of those ones I could not get past the fact that it was unnecessary found footage. I just didn't understand why it would do that to me. Uh, but that was everything. And then TV-wise, we started Jessica Jones. I'm just a couple of episodes in, but Ooh, I'm loving fun. it. Have you watched it? No, not yet. Okay. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to when you eventually do. And when we both get through it, we should talk about it, because I think there is a lot to talk about. Uh, but it's it's good. Really enjoying it. Uh, and then you know what else I started watching? Uh, I started watching Alias. Oh, like that that show? Yeah, the show, Alias. With Jennifer, With Jennifer Garner, Garner, yeah. Because after I saw what you called it. Force Awakens, I'm like, you know, what else has JJ Abrams done that I haven't <laughs> Let seen? Let me check out his filmography. Let me check out his. Um, Zach talks about Alias constantly. I'm really digging it. I'm uh, on like halfway I, through the first season. Apparently, it's, it's good. It's good. From what I've heard, it gets bad. Like a lot of shows, like people have said, it falls <laughs> off a lot at the like third season, but. So far, like, you could see how it's really influential on TV because it just feels like a whole different scope of what you had at that time. So I think, like, you wouldn't have had Lost. You probably wouldn't have had S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, it's it was a very important show. But it's also just the action's really good. Like, as soon as, like, Gina Torres shows up in the third episode as a Russian-Cuban spy, I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, you got me. Jennifer Garner's great. Mm-hmm. Um... It's I'm I'm digging it. I'm really digging it. I'm sure at some point it's going to break my heart, but it's it's fun. Yeah. So I just wanted to put that out there for the world. It's oh, well, Netflix. that's good to know. Yeah. Uh, and that's those stuff. So now we get to talk about the other stuff, of which we may have much, 
We may not yeah. have much. Uh, which one do you want to do first? Oh, boy. The um, one with reindeer or without reindeer? Or no, I'm sorry. The one with reindeer... No, they both don't have reindeer. I don't. I don't know. I can't remember. Which do you want to do the one with reindeer in the title first? Why don't we do the one with reindeer in the title first? So we'll come back, take a break, and then we'll come back. We won't come back before we take a break because that wouldn't make sense. And nope. we'll talk about two thousands reindeer games. Woo! Love is like a butterfly, as soft and gentle as a sigh. The multicolored moods of love like its satin wings Love makes your heart feel strange inside It flutters like soft wings in flight Love is like a butterfly, a rare and gentle thing I feel it when you're with me It happens when you kiss me That rare and gentle feeling that I feel inside Your touch is soft and gentle Your kiss is warm and tender Whenever I am with you I think of butterflies So from the director of The Manchurian Candidate and Ronin and The Island of Dr. Moreau uh, we get 2000's Reindeer Games written by Aaron Kruger who... Most people will know as the writer of the Transformers movies, uh, mm-hmm. Scream 3 and The Ring. Scream 3 is a good movie. I'm not a fan of Scream 3, but we can, you're not a fan of Scream 2 or Daddy's Girl. So what do you know? Uh, Reindeer Games, <sighs> 2000. Reindeer games. Now we should be clear, Christine watched the theatrical cut. Yep. I watched the director's cut. The yep. si- which, which which Christine, the DVD box told me it had sizzling footage not seen in theaters. So, so I'm sorry. I feel a little bad that I got to experience the sizzle and you did. Can I ask you a question about the sizzle? About the sizzle and about the cut of movie you watch? Sure. Um. Okay. So Emily watched the really really long one because the really really I long one. I watched the two fucking hour one. Just to it be clear. cost ten dollars to rent that one on Amazon. And I'm sorry, I don't want to spend $10 on this movie. You also don't want to spend two hours on this movie, spoiler Uh, alert. So, in the cut that you watched, um, everyone, cover your ears if you haven't seen this, um, do... Do um, Ben Affleck and Charlie Theron have sex more than than once? They have sex twice in that cut? Uh, Honestly, no. I think they only have sex once in the beginning. Okay, well, let me explain to you Did you get boobs? Did you get Charlie's boobs? Yeah, for okay. for sure, like all over the place. But like, here's the thing. So I think it was filmed weird, or maybe they like it was cut together out of order, or maybe they, I think this they is had a initially movie that had filmed a lot of scenes. reshoots, but then didn't have reshoots. Like this was not a, <laughs> a easy shoot. It seems like because there's this point where like they're gonna get down in the hotel room the first time, and like Charlize is wearing jeans. Which is like, fine, it's great. She's wearing jeans. And then all of a sudden, she's not wearing jeans, but she's wearing thigh-high stockings. And I said to Zach, I said, nobody would wear those stockings under their jeans because they wouldn't stay up. Like, that doesn't make any sense. And then the next day when they go out shopping, she's wearing thigh-high stockings and a skirt. So I'm thinking that that 
it was two different scenes kind of intercut because her clothes didn't make sense. They didn't jive. That I, so I thought maybe they cut, they cut out a sex scene with her in a skirt. Um, I'm trying to remember. I mean, there's there's some naked sexy scenes. There's a scene where she's like standing at the bathroom mirror, just in stockings. And he's looking, like, you can tell, like, he's almost going to tell her, but then he kind of sees her, and she's looking really good, and he doesn't. I don't oh, know. Oh, I think I, I think I did see that. Okay. I don't know. I'm I, so curious just really what wasn't me. in yours. And I'm too, like, I know that there's a lot of, like, comparisons out there, but those are always really technical, and I really don't care. I just want to know what scenes were in there. Um... And, I mean, we'll get to the Sadly, twists at the end. I think we'll do, like, a spoiler alert ugh. for stuff later. Because I'm wondering if any of that was different. I don't know. Because, I mean, what's really funny is I'm watching this movie and thinking, I know I'm watching the director's cut. This movie's way too long. But I don't know what they could have... was way too long, too. Like, but what's funny was, like, watching it, I'm like, but it's all pretty... Like, I guess they could have cut out the 35 times it went back and forth, whether he said he was Nick or said he was Rudy. But other than that, like, there's, it's pretty plot-based. Like, I I'm, I was really curious what else they could cut out, I guess. But I guess the let's The prison go- shit. I'm sorry. I can, I can tell you what they should have cut out. But oh, well, apologies. it's just crazy to think that, that even at the 90 minutes, it was too long. So tell me about what this movie's about, Christine, without spoiling stuff. Oh my gosh, I was just scrolling through pictures and there's this really cute picture of January Jones at the premiere of Reindeer Games. Whoa, did we even know like who, 12. Did we even know who January Jones was in 2000? No, I, mean, I guess I she could... would have done... When was Love Actually? It was like 2002? She is... Now, this is a picture of January Jones and Ashton Kutcher at the event. Oh, was she so, dating him? Because Ashton Kutcher is in this movie for a split second. They look real, real cozy. Oh, well then... Oh, she looks cute. Anyways, um, I'm not here to talk about January Jones. I'm here to talk about Reindeer Games. Um, Reindeer Games is a movie about a guy in prison with another guy. And one of those guys is Ben Affleck. And his roommate in, his roommate in prison, his roommate. that's not what they're called, his cellmate Co-leaser. in prison, is, is writing letters to this to this lady and they're pen pals and they love each other and then Ben Affleck's cellmate gets shanked mm-hmm. gets stabbed in the prison dead he can't get out for some reason this is a prison where everybody's getting released on the same day i wondered how that worked if it's like oh yeah it's like we only have certain days where we let guys out so they're getting released on the same day Ben Affleck leaves the prison. He sees Charlize Theron, the lady that the cellmate's been writing to, and he can't. He can't leave. He has to go and say something to her. But he doesn't say, hey, I'm really sorry. He's dead, which I thought is what he was going to say. He says, hey, I'm that guy you've been writing to. Yep. And then proceeds to hook up with her and have some crazy sex and become an item and then Gary Sinise with his crazy cat eyes shows up. <laughs> and there's a casino and a heist and Santa costumes and confusion about Well, it's a whole, like, mi- you know, uh, mistaken identity because Gary Sinise is Charlene Theron's brother. Yeah. And old he... Old cat eyes Mick Sinise. Yeah, right? The old cat eyes Sinise. He thinks that Ben Affleck can... Ben Affleck's as the other guy 
worked in this casino, so he knows security, so he's supposed to help him take it down. But Ben Affleck's like, no, I'm not him. So Gary, old cat eyes, is like, so you're just banging my sister? He's like, no, I am him. And she's like, wait, but you're not? He's like, yeah, no, I'm not. No, I am. No, I'm not. Not even kidding. The first 35 minutes of this movie, it's it never makes any sense whether I, I maybe I just wasn't paying attention. But, like, at what point is Gary Sinise just like, no, you're him. I'm just accepting that. Like, there's never a reason for him to believe it one way or another. So then later on, when everybody's like, wait, maybe it's not him. Maybe he's lying to us. It's like, no, no, no. We know he's he, – we know who he is now. No, you don't. Um, it's just annoying. Uh, and the – so – and you have, like, a kind of band of – uh, interesting people, actually, because uh, you have Gary's old cat eye, <laughs> old Gary. This is, this is this is Mission to Mars, Gary Sinise, where it is he Mission has to Mars, Gary Sinise. some work done on his face, <laughs> um, and he is very distracting. Also, his eyes look violet. They're they're and it, yeah, and it's scary. And his posse includes Danny Trejo. Yep, exciting. And, like, the best thing... Actually, no, there are two best things about this movie. One is Danny Trejo, who doesn't get enough to do, but there's a moment early on where Danny Trejo, like, they're all, like, driving on this big, you know, um, robbery, and Danny Trejo's, like, reading The Economist or something, talking about the economic stimulation, and it's this really funny moment of, like, that's cool, like, oh, Danny Trejo's gonna be kind of, like, the smart guy, but they drop that. That never happens again. Uh, It's uh, Donal Logue who's in everything is also in this movie. Uh, And what's his name from Tales from the Hood? Clarence. Clarence Williams. Clarence T. Williams III, I think. Yeah. Uh, He's also there. But like, then this movie just peters out for about an hour and I'm bored and angry. Then Dennis Farina shows up and fucking brings this movie back to life. Oh yeah, Dennis Farina. I I almost said to you, he's not in this movie, but he is. No, thank God he's in this movie because there's... Really losing me. Not that it got me back, but for oh, like yeah, five that, minutes. That roped you back in. For five minutes it did because he shows up and it's – and like the idea of this movie is kind of neat because it's set in what, Detroit? Or not Detroit. It's, it is at a casino somewhere in Michigan where the idea is very like out in the middle of nowhere on a reservation casino – it's winter. It's cold out. It's not pretty. Uh, it isn't like a sexy casino. We don't have showgirls. Like, we just have angry waitresses walking around. And Dennis Farina plays, like, a former kind of Vegas club promoter who's now here. So he's, like, try- he's trying to bring this place to life. And the big thing is that, like, you know, they have Coke and Pepsi. So when somebody orders a rum and Coke, it's like, Coke or pe- rum and Coke or rum and Pepsi? Like, oh, all I don't of a think sudden, it's, in my movie. it's funny. Like, I'm like, yeah, this is this is great. No, you, that's something that wasn't in my movie. Oh, man. That's I re- I really don't think so. That does not... I I was checked out for this movie, but not that checked yeah, out. Yeah, because what happened, there's a scene where Dennis Freen is just kind of going over all like the ideas for the casino and talking about all the things that he's brought to it. And one of them is they're the only casino that has both, rum, the, both Coke and Pepsi. And then later on, one of the bad guys orders a rum and Coke and, they actually, and the bartender is like, uh, rum and Coke or rum and Pepsi? Like, that was funny. That was really funny. That's all that's funny in this fucking two-hour movie. Jeremy, not- I don't know. I, I, I'm i sorry. I don't get it. I don't get it. It's not good. It makes no sense. It defies logic. Nothing happens 
it's not it's not fantastical enough to not yeah. follow life rules, but it just doesn't follow life rules. Like Gary Sinise and his pals fucking pull out guns in the middle of a parking lot. Like what what movie is this? Yeah. It's not like an off the wall zany adventure. You can't get away with shit like that. Yeah. The tone because it, is so confusing. Ugh, it because, really is. And but one of the biggest problems I had, and we talk a lot about like the like quote unquote likable characters, blah blah. The pro- my biggest problem with this movie, if I really had to nail it down to one thing, Ben Affleck is your main character. He's a jerk, and not like a likable jerk, not a funny jerk, not a charming jerk. He's just a dick. Like, he was in prison for stealing cars. It's not like, he, you know, he's not a bad guy. Like, yeah, he committed crimes, but he didn't seem like he hurt anybody. Um, first thing he does when he gets out is bangs his best friend's girlfriend who thinks he's somebody else, which is a dick move. And sure, Charlize Theron looks fucking great in this movie. You can kind of get it, but it's also just a dick move. Then he's a dick to her for a yeah. while that before he should be a dick to her. Um... And then he's just kind of in a shitstorm, but who cares if he gets out of it or not? Like, yeah. he's, and he's, and the thing is, he's not, fun. like, I feel like if you put, like, somebody like Colin Farrell, for example, would be somebody that you could see in this part, but I think could at least be magnetic to watch. Mm-hmm. Like, where he could still kind of be doing all the same things in this movie, where he's kind of a jerk, but there's something that you could understand why I'm supposed to be watching him. Ben Affleck has, and, I'm not a Ben Affleck hater, but, and I think something Ben Affleck can do really well, Ben Affleck can play a dick exceedingly well. But in this movie, I don't know what he's doing. He's not doing anything, and the screenplay isn't doing anything for him. No. Frankenheimer isn't taking him anywhere. So he's just your everyday dude, and I don't want to watch a movie about an everyday dude. I see everyday dudes in my life. Why do I need to see them in a movie? It's, he's so smug. Yeah. And, and like, and, and the writing isn't very good, no. and he delivers the lines with like this this fucking like self importance. But like the 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 runner in this is like he's he wants to tell you what he's gonna do when he gets out, and he like narrate lists ninety seven things he's gonna do. Like you're fucking boring. Yeah, so boring. Right. And the other thing you said narrate. Oh. Was was there a narration or like did was there a narration throughout the whole movie or was it in the beginning and then like eighty minutes into it and then never again? Um, I know it was super narration heavy in the beginning. I'm I it did fall off, but I didn't notice that it, it disappeared. It comes back at a certain point, and I was so yeah, confused does. when it did. I'm like, wait, was was not? Oh, was that happening? Yeah, I wrote voiceover. Ninety minutes in, we get voiceover. <laughs> like that's my question mark, question mark, question mark. Well, spoiler alert. These two movies do have something in common. That they have a few things in common. One of which is narration. <laughs> uh, and again, narration that doesn't particularly work because there's not really a need for it. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing about narration is um, it, it's not like you can't do it well. Many movies have done it well. But no movie should have to do it. Yeah. And a movie that misuses it is, it's like, and I mean, you could say the same thing about found footage. A movie that misuses found footage is always worse than a movie that misuses, that, you know, that doesn't go for that, I guess. And so it's just always pretentious whenever you have narration, almost always. Uh, And it's just stupid. Um, 
Yeah, and it, I mean, this screenplay is not good in any way. Yeah. It is not funny. Uh, talking about tone, so you're kind of not, you're so unclear what the tone is. And then you kind of get, like, I also wrote, how many times can Gary Sinise not kill Ben Affleck? Because there's, like, so many times when you should just fucking kill him. It's really repetitive. Yeah. But the best thing is, like, about maybe a half hour in, when you've had, like, kind of, like, the the posse criminals are kind of funny, you know, here and there, blah, blah. And then you get a um, good Samaritan, kind of, who sees something you shouldn't see. And a really fucking brutal death scene for him. Yeah. Which is so mean and cruel and he's just like I don't you know, it's it's one thing to not know the tone of your movie that's often the killer to me to a movie but when you don't know it especially for an action movie and then you end up going with the really mean route you've really taken me out of your movie. Mhm. Like you have a nice old guy, uh he tries to help, he quickly decides he should just get away. And then Gary Sinise shoots him and then shoots ice around him so he falls in ice and dies a painful, horrible, lonely death. Fuck you, John Frankenheimer. Yeah, kinda. It's, yeah. It was just bothersome because it was just ugly and mean and, and like, I'm, I still don't like anything about you, Ban Affleck. Like, you didn't really try to help him. You haven't, ugh. I, I, this this was a... F- I don't know. Jeremy, help me out here. What do you like about this movie? Seriously. Charlize Theron is naked, and it's wonderful. I'm not arguing there. She's beautiful. But what... What's going on? I don't... I thought it was at least going to be fun. Me too. Um, And it, and it wasn't. Nope. So... It felt yeah, like the the first draft of a screenplay. Mm-hmm. It just there was so much in terms of the um, character to character and so on. And then again, I'm not spoiling, but there's a there's a lot of twists towards the end, more than one. And oh yeah, we didn't even talk about all that. Yeah, garbage. the twists aren't terrible. Like they're really the only thing that makes this movie interesting. I think. Uh, so you get these, and you're like, okay, that makes it a little better. That makes that a little better. It, the twists in, like, the reveals by the end are like, all right, it's a little more interesting than I thought it was going to be. But not in a way that justifies a movie that's not interesting. Yeah. Like, you can have a good twist, but it doesn't make the rest of the movie more watchable. (laughs) No, it's, and it's that, that cliche thing that I'm going to say, like, yeah, great. Your movie's your movie has twists, but I don't. I really don't care. Yeah, like I don't care about this movie. So by the time you get any of the reveals, it's like awesome. How much is left of this movie? Yeah, cool. All right, I guess we're gonna have another reveal soon then. Because what else are they gonna do? Yeah, oh, I know like, what they're gonna do. They're gonna have. Um, and again, I'm not spoiling, but I don't know if you felt the same way. Fucking take a shower before you sit down in a dirty Santa Claus outfit and have dinner with your family. Oh, yeah. Right? (laughs) Yeah. Not saying who, but there's a character in this movie who is dirty, who is caked in dirt and the blood of the many people who have died that night. And he sits down with his entire family. Um, Zach commented on that, too. Yeah. Like, it was like, uh... Like, I mean, 
like washing your hands is one thing, but you're covered in blood, like heavy, blood of people heavy that died at that point too. Yeah. So much narration. Oh my god, yeah. And never um, in that narration did did he say I also stopped to take a shower. He didn't he sat, he was all like like weathered and worn by the time. Ugh, ugh, so stupid. Exactly. Man, I really kind of hated this movie. Yeah. Uh it was just really, it was one of those experiences watching where about a half hour in, I'm like, this has really got a, has a long way to work for me to get happy again. And then so again, then Serena showed up and then he went away. I'm still not catching what you saw that I didn't. Like, what was that extra half hour? What a good, I mean, and it sounds like they cut the only good thing, which was the rum and coke joke. <laughs> I don't remember it. So, I mean, and then was so Ashton wasn't in your version a lot either, right? Uh, just- no, he's at the casino. You see him, and then you see uh, him come out dressed like what Ben Affleck was wearing. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, okay, I have no idea then. I have yeah. no idea. Um, I don't think there was that much banging that wasn't in yours, that was in mine. Yeah. Uh, not a half an hour worth. No, certainly not. That would have made it watchable, I think. <laughs> um, yeah, and... Charlize is barely in it. I mean, she's there. Um, and I mean, she has talked about this movie and she did it because she really wanted to work with John Frankenheimer. And this was one of Frankenheimer's last films. I don't know if it was his absolute last one. Um, and I mean, sure, legendary director. You can understand yeah. her taking the part. And she basically said this is the least favorite of any film she's ever done. Yeah, it's not awesome. No, and it gives... And I feel like she, in many ways, has the... The hardest, but not necessarily most interesting role, because yeah. she has to play a lot of things, and it's—I don't know. This is the only—the only reason I think I would ever rewatch this was to see if I could see her playing other things in her performance, because mm-hmm. I think that maybe that could have been of interest to know and to watch and look for that. Mm-hmm. But who knows if that was the ending to begin with? I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't. Yeah. I could easily see them pulling something like this. Yeah. Um, it seemed really just like haphazardly put together yeah. at times. And like just kitchen, it had a kitchen sink feeling to it. Like, mm-hmm. what's hot right now? Yeah, throw one of those in. Like, okay. And there's just so many moments where, um, what I was going to say, like, it's, you you just feel like, this story could have been told better, yeah, <laughs> funnier, better cast, better position, and it's a really good cast. Like it's a sickeningly good cast, but they don't get to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just weird. Oh, and at the heist, like so, there's a big, big heist, and there are so many innocent people that die. Again, like there's just machine guns everywhere. Cops come, they all get shot. Like it's you haven't earned that. Uh, <laughs> And just the the big thing is there's char- characters don't their actions don't make sense. Yeah. Um and there's just so much of that that just and you're you're left with two hours of well if he had done this it only would have been 10 minutes then I would have been happy. Yeah, it really is not believable at all. Like yeah. it have the character choices or the way it it goes. It's very much it feels like they did this cuz the screenplay said they had to do this. Yeah, it, I hate that. Yeah. Uh, 
All right. Do you have any more? Should we rate it? I have nothing. All right. So rating, quality of film. It's a movie. It is a movie. I mean, I still think it's lower than average just for its many tonal shifts. I'll go 4.75. I was going to go 6. Ah, you're going higher. Um, It's slightly above average. I mean, it was it was cohesive, I guess. It wasn't good. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, maybe I'll go five. I'll go five. I'll go straight in the middle. Straight in the middle? Straight in the middle. Yeah. Quality of life? Four. I'm sorry, Jeremy. I am going to go three. And even yeah. three. Uh, it, it's almost interesting for how poor it, how kind of uncohesive it is. Yeah. And just how you have all of these strong, you have a good director, you have this really good cast, you have a, an interesting setup where you could do some interesting things with it, and yet it is so unenjoyable to me. It, def- it definitely Or is. to everybody but Jeremy. It's it's unenjoyable, and then it's it's joyless. It's it not joyless. Good, it's yes. not good. You don't feel like anything watching yep. it except bored. Yeah. Like, and you feel like, okay, Dennis Farina was having fun. Danny Trejo yeah. was having fun. For sure. Nobody else in this movie was having fun, and I'm not certainly not having fun. No. So, Ugh. yeah, I know, right? Just blah. Yeah. I didn't uh, like it. But kind of one of those cases where I'm like, you know, I know this movie kind of was a box office bomb, and it's one of those. Well, at least I'm not, I don't feel bad about that because it's a yeah. bad movie. It, it deserved to fail. Mm-hmm. It did. It did. So you guys can defend. I I would love to hear defenses of this movie. It's fun or something. I don't know. Ah, yeah, please. And I do seriously invite you, folks, come to Facebook and tell us, what did you see in it that we didn't see? In, uh, in without our uh, Gary Sinise cat eyes. Maybe that's a problem. Mean, Maybe if we had Gary Sinise cat eyes, we could have seen it. Look, at one point in my life, Gary Sinise was in every movie that I liked. Now he has cat eyes. I mean, maybe not right this second, but like... <laughs> In Mission to Mars, in this movie, he definitely does. So that's all. I wonder if there's an app that can uh, go on alert when Gary Sinise is in cat eye mode. Oh, gosh, I wish. For I give Gary Sinise's cat eyes a 9.5. In <laughs> quality of life, 11. Oh, yeah, I can't even rate that. Nope, nope. <laughs> I give them nine lives. Oh, boy. Uh. All right, so that was what we have to say about reindeer games. And no, there are no reindeer in the movie, either. But get it? His name's Rudy, and the other guy's name is Nick. I didn't get that. Oh, yeah, no, St. Nick, Rudy. Oh, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's clever because it's Words. not that clever. Yeah, I don't know. No. All right. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and come back and talk about Dark Places.
right. So now uh, Charlize Theron keeping her clothes on, not, you know, because now she's won Oscar. She doesn't have to, she doesn't have to sleep with Ben Affleck, thank goodness for her. Uh, with 2015s, probably? I think so. Yeah, Dark Places, which was, basically it was optioned before Gone Girl was anything. Uh, and it's, mm-hmm. which is why kind of, it is what it is, I guess, in some ways. Cause you think when Gone Girl came out, it was such a big moneymaker, such a big, um, a, a big hit and awareness hit, I guess. Yeah. That you wondered like, well, who is, who got to direct Dark Places? And it's this French director, Gilles Paquet-Brune. Uh, yep. That's how you say it in French. I don't know if yep. you guys speak French, but. That's how you say it. Uh, and I think what happened was he had basically optioned it before anything went got huge for Gone Girl. Uh, I don't know at what point he got the cast he got, because it's a really <gasps> high-profile cast. This fucking cast. So you have Charlize Theron, who's also a producer on the film. So yep. she was, I guess, into it from the beginning and wanted to play this character. Uh, you have uh, Drea DeMatteo. Yep. Nicholas Holt. <gasps> Love him so much. Uh, um, Christina Hendricks, who, fun fact, was supposed to play the Drea de Matera role, had been cast as Krista, Chrissy. I would have hated it. I agree. I don't think that would have been right. And Drea Mateo is so perfect. Like, yes. that's, per- like, Drea Mateo can play a wounded stripper perfectly. Uh, and Christina Hendricks, because originally the part that Christina Hendricks played was, was going to be Samantha Morton. Samantha Morton drops out, like, right when filming was about to happen, or when filming had already started, because the story, like, they say is that Christina Hendricks was already in her trailer when, like, Charlize Theron, a director, knocked on her door and were like, um, so what if you, do you have any thoughts about playing the mom? Um, and it makes perfect sense, and it's good casting. Uh, and then, what's his name? Um, the dude, I didn't write his name down, the guy who plays Runner, Sean Bridgers. I'm not even kidding. When I read the book, that's who I had as runner. Really? Yeah. Because I had that's just seen him in Jug Face, where he oh. also kind of plays like a Southern uh, uh, soft-minded person. That's and interesting. I, and that's who I totally saw in that part. So I was, that, I'm always feel very vindicated when that happens. Uh, but let's, let's tell the folks what this movie's about. Okay. It's based on a book. <laughs> that, that's that's what it is. Okay. That's not what it's about, Christine. So it is about a woman named Libby whose fa- whose mother and two sisters were murdered, and her brother was incarcerated for the murder. And it's basically about her fi- kind of. S- finding clues and solving the case and going back through what happened um, in present day intercut with flashbacks of the day that the actual event happened. Mm-hmm. That's that's close yeah. enough. No, that's it. And the mm-hmm. book is told first person. Yes. Oh, no, it's, oh, no, it's not. It's There's narration in it. It's, it's But I think Libby's chapters are first person, but it rotates, actually. It's three points of view. It's Libby's, and then, then you'd have a chapter from the mom's point of view, yeah. and then you'd have a chapter from the brother's point of view. I loved that his chapters were my favorite. Oh, yeah. And, and it, cause, so you have three distinct voices in the book, because you have uh, Libby today, who's, who's a really interesting, fucked-up character. Yes. Because basically, when she was seven years old, her entire family slaughtered or imprisoned. 
and she is now the girl who sends her brother to prison and who saw her family die. So she just grows up very, um, very harsh. Uh, she just can't really form relationships with anybody. Um, she doesn't, she can't seem to work. Like she has no people skills or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and she basically lives off of funds from people that feel bad for her and send money. And that's running out. Now she actually has to make money herself. And she's just, she's a, a fucked up woman and she knows that about herself. Um, she also is a bit of a kleptomaniac, mm-hmm. which is on screen. And it's one of those things I wonder, because in the book, it's very, you know, it's clear why she does this. She just has a compulsion to take something when she's somewhere. She's a salt and pepper yeah. shaker she takes. And it's, it's very clear in the book, just because the book has the time to explore it. I would wonder, it worked for me in the movie because I knew it about the character. Yeah, it could easily be something that's missed. Yeah, I wonder if you hadn't read the book and watched this movie, if you, what you thought of that. If that was distracting or if you just accepted it as a character thing. Uh, and so you have her, you have her brother who, in the, and because the books, it's also set in like 1985 is when the murders happen. So it's the height of fear of Satanists. And her yeah. brother is like a 15-year-old kid who, you know, is growing up poor, uh, kind of falls in with the wrong crowd, and a psycho girlfriend played by Chloe Grace Moretz. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you get that very just angry teenage boy voice in there. Uh, and then you have the mother who is dealing with the fact that she has no money and her life is very sad. Yes. Um, yes. Now, you, I loved this book. This, this was my favorite of the three Jillian Flynn's that I've read. Uh, as a movie, what's, what's interesting, this is a really close adaptation. It is, it is actually very close, Like, yes. they really don't leave any... And part of it is that it's a very plot-driven film because you're solving this mystery. Yes. Where they leave out very little. Um, the, it, one of the issues I had with it is the perspective because it kind of doesn't, the movie doesn't really have a perspective. Mm-hmm. You get narration from Charlize Theron, but you see things that she could never have seen. Yes. As a child. And there's moments where they do something that in, that I like the idea of, but I don't think the execution was great where when they're showing her memory of that night, it's done in this kind of black and white, um, like sh- almost shaky cam, like video camera esque view, which I think is done to kind of show how she, like, did, what did she see, and to kind of show how her memory isn't, uh, like it's it's her memory, it's not what happened necessarily. Yeah, which I like the idea of it, but I don't know that it works because it just kind of looks distracting. It looks like a video camera. Hmm. Uh, and then you just, I mean, you have a lot of stuff that you couldn't have seen. And I don't know that, I don't know how bothersome it was. It bothered me in terms of whose story it was and whose story am I seeing? Because I'm seeing dead characters, their point of view. And I don't know if that that's fair in a way to what the story should have been. Yeah. Um... So, I guess, all that being said, I don't really know how you feel about this movie. 
It's one of those, and I, you know, I always say this about, and I, I hope it doesn't get boring to hear because I always say this about adaptations of books that I've read, is that no matter what, and I always try to put a good space between when I read the book and when I watch the movie, but it's impossible to not watch the movie with a perspective of somebody who's read the book. Yeah. And so having read the book, I feel like I'm watching a very literal adaptation of the book. Yeah. I don't think, I think it does some things right. I think Charlize Theron's really good. She's always yeah. really good. I think on, um, in ter- I don't want to say surface, I think she phys- she nails this character. I look at her, and I even though she's physically very different from the character in the book. In the yeah. book, the character is like tiny. She's like five. She's not even five feet, and it like it makes no difference in the film that she's not. Um, I look at her in this movie, and I and I believe her to be Libby. I I totally buy this woman's life that she what she's been through yes she's more attractive than she probably should be but it's charlie's throne she's always going to be that way um so i liked that performance i liked christina Hendricks. i liked a lot of the cast um but i feel like i just watched a, a literal adaptation of the book i didn't mm-hmm. feel anything watching this movie yeah me neither yeah um this is not my favorite book sharp objects is my favorite mm, um this I, I enjoyed this book quite a bit. I think this might have been no, I read Gone Girl first. Um this is probably the second one I read then. I really liked I like the characters. So I mean it's kinda like you can't ever since I read the book, it's not like I can meet these characters for the first time. So anything that I felt in the movie, it was I brought it with me. Like, the movie didn't give me anything. Um, everybody was... I really enjoyed basically everybody in this movie. Mm-hmm. I really liked Ty Sheridan. I love Ty Sheridan. Um, I really liked Christina Hendricks. I thought she was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, but the casting was way off on everybody. Like, to the point where you lose the essence of the characters. Because everyone who? Who, is, who really bugged you? Everybody, everybody's super pretty. They're all like, pretty, yeah. Every like, you know, I say that, and I get that it's Hollywood, but like, I so to an extent, everybody is going to be super pretty, but like, like they're distra- really pretty, <laughs> but like distractingly so. Like there are, are there are people in this movie who are known for their looks, um, who really bothered me though, and who actually was one of my favorite aspects of it though was um, Nicholas Holt. Um, he. That's not the Lyle character. The Lyle character is actually probably my favorite character in the book. He is slimy and, and awkward and... He always has, like, chips on. Like, he's always eating he's, Fritos. He's greasy. He's like a warhound kid, you know? He is. He's greasy and, yeah. like... But, like, there's something about him. And in, in, in this book of who you don't know who to trust, like, he... I always felt like I could trust him. Mm, and yeah. I think Nick, Nick Holt did that really well. Like, I was immediately charmed. Yeah. I... He's he's dorky and cute and goofy. He did his very best with it. But my God, have you seen Nicholas Holt? He's got like <laughs> alabaster eyes. skin. Yeah, like sapphire he's, eyes. Oh, the eye, eyes like the ocean. He's so beautiful. He's a beautiful human being. And like, that's not it. And yeah. he's like super tall and like, like, oh, I love <laughs> 
he's gorgeous and I love him and he's great in this movie, but like that ain't that character at all. Mm-hmm. And I and that's I mean one could say that that's a stupid argument. Well, I mean it's a very it's it's an argument from somebody who read the book and felt like that was a disservice to the book. But like I really feel like in the book class has a plays a really big part was a huge part for the days yeah for that family because they are dirt poor it's and that is such a big motivator to something that is a big reveal that we won't give away but they are i mean they they are dirt poor to where they every everything is scraping by and it's i mean devastatingly so poor um and I mean, it's it's there on screen, I think. So I felt like, again, this is just a thing. The house looked exactly like what I thought the house was going to look like when I read the book. Um, yeah, there were aspects of it that were, were like, what I pictured. Mm-hmm, like, yeah. oh, that's what it looked like in my head. That's right. weird. Uh, something that, like, and this is a pure, very cosmetic thing from the book that I I really liked. In the, in the book, the family, some of them are redheads. And so the mom... Ben and Libby are all have red hair. Yeah. And it's a big thing because when Ben dyes his hair, it's like a very personal statement of I'm me separating myself from you kind of thing. Yeah. And I mean, you, you know, you, you don't get that, but it's a, cos- it's a cosmetic thing. It's fine. Uh, but the, the, one of the things I would have liked more, I guess, is more of the sisters when they're young. Uh, it's I would have forgotten if if I hadn't read the book, I would have forgotten that there's four kids, not three. Yeah. You know? Um I thought Christina Hendricks was at what again, yeah, she's too pretty. She's Christina Hendricks. She's beautiful. But she I was really happy to see her in this part and to see her get to play not Joan and not just pure sex. Yeah. She's really great. Yeah. Um but I'm, and it's not. I'm not trying to be like put anybody down by saying you're too pretty to act. <laughs> it's just when when the story, it's a dirty, grimy, mean story, and and even like when they first go to Kill Club, we're not even really touching on a lot of the plot points. But like when Libby gets pulled into talk about what happened to her and Lyle's Kill Club, and even the Kill Club members who you don't spend nearly enough time with, yeah. Um, they're all really attractive. It's like everybody in this movie is really attractive. When I almost felt like um, Flynn went out of her way to be like, these are mm. average to below average people that I'm telling this story about. They are poor. They are desperate. They are sad. They are broken people. And that's not what I feel like I was shown at all. And what's funny, too, is because this is still an independent film – it almost makes me wonder, like, you know, was it, did it get um, unfairly lucky by landing Charlize Theron as a producer and actor to where now they could cast all these Hollywood people yeah. when it would have been better served as an independent, a completely independent film with people you'd never heard of with, I don't know, um, I, I can't even start to think of like unattractive actors because those are I, actors I don't know their names because they're only character actors. But we're, 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 that's not really where we're at anymore. And it like I get that that's like, what's his name the guy the guy who are. played um the actor who's in everything who was in uh jury duty why did I go to jury duty first um um Roach and the people under the stairs 
Oh, I can't think of his name, but I know exactly. But you know what I mean? Like, awkward looking like, he would have been, a, I mean, he's, too, he's probably too old now, but he would have been your type to cast as Ben, let's say. Yeah. You know, Ty, like, Ty Sheridan is beautiful. And what he's a beautiful. beautiful he's boy. supposed to have been in prison for 30 years. Oh, and then he, he has to keep being, that face and, for being in prison for 30 years. He, and, what's his face? What's his, what's his face is, plays him when he's older? What is his name? I can't think of his name. Oh, I don't know, but that guy's way too good looking. That hot guy. The hot guy the that's hot in guy. the strain. He's in the strain, everybody. He's got a name. I can't think of it. He was also an Ant-Man. You know who I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> but like, my, my gods, it's not like, it's not like one or two. It's like everybody in this cast, you're like, yowza. Yeah. It's like, I, I'd tap that. It's like, so in but that what's regard. What's your mom? That's okay. We can talk about that after. In regards... So, like, sure, it was enjoyable because everyone's attractive. But then I feel like the direction was really weak and it was shot in a way that didn't complement anything. It was shot weird. There are some aggressive choices. Yeah. I am talking about the zooms. The zooms are every time it did a zoom or every time it went, like, crazy handheld, I was immediately taken out of the movie. So, it's very amateurish. It's very... You see it a lot in in independent films now from, like, first-time independent filmmakers. Yeah. Like, they're, the only time you use a Zoom is, like, when you're videotaping your daughter's clarinet concert. When someone says something shocking. Right. Like, in a movie that's supposed to, supposed to be gritty, and again, it's not really very gritty, like, it's distract... Like, it's... Because it's such a... It's so unnatural... And it's not fluid with uh, the action to where you're not distracted because you're just bought into it. Like, no, I'm watching the movie. She's sitting down. She's talking. And the camera just zoomed into her. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's some very, very poor filmmaking, I think. I feel like this is a case where what saves it is the actors. Um, I think this could it could have been... Not painful, but very boring without somebody like Charlize Theron, even though she's mm-hmm. too pretty. Yeah. And, and like, it's cool that for a majority of it, it's kind of, it's, it's like not her story, mm-hmm. which, which the book, it's true. The, as much as it is Libby's story, it's, it's not, it's telling a bigger story. Mm-hmm. And it, the movie allows that to happen, which is cool that she's not like shoehorned into absolutely everything because right. she's her, um, there are things about I just it I like, like that there's no perspective to it. Yeah, it's frustrating. But I mean, especially because they have her narrate. Why have a character narrate if it's, it's not hundred percent their story? Yeah, it, it's a yeah. very, very, very weak decision. Again, whenever you whenever you force the audience to think about the narration and then realize it doesn't make sense, you have yeah. fucked up. You have you have you, your gimmick didn't work. Because I was distracted by it and call it out. Yeah. Um, the I will say that the actress they cast as the older Chloe Moretz. Yes. Looked was like that's who I would picture Chloe Moretz growing into. I thought that was just facially it was really good casting. Yeah, I can see that too. I I, I was looking to um to be judgmental about it, and then I was like, oh no, that works. As soon as she showed up, I'm like, that really like that. I yeah. wonder if they're related. Hmm. Uh, and then speaking of that, like, I don't remember what happened to them in the movie. Me neither. Oh, thank goodness. 
Like, it's very unclear. You have this kind of dramatic showdown. Yep. And stuff is left in the air, and then I think it's still in the air. And I feel like in the book, it's you know what happens. Seems I don't remember pretty... what happens, but... I think they get away. I think one of them gets away, isn't it? No. Yeah, but it's like you are left not knowing. And it doesn't make sense, because then the next scene... Not really spoiling, but, like, Libby is, like, at peace. And you're like, but I wouldn't be at peace if I thought some bitch was after me. Yeah. Yeah, so it's... Yeah. It... Yeah. (laughs) It's one of those movies. Um, And I just... I really wonder, if you hadn't read the book, how does this play? Um, Well, I watched it with somebody that didn't read the book, and they thought it was really boring. Yeah. I, and they said they said there seems like there might have been a good story in here, but I don't know. It's like that's the story. Like, no, you're watching the story. It's just that you had more stuff. <laughs> it was, but in the story, it's like a shell of what actually happens. And I don't know if you don't don't know what the guts are. If if you can really get too much mm, out of it, yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot just of deeper character stuff going on that you don't get. You don't get just how bad a position that family is in in the book. I mean, mm-hmm. in the movie. Um, so it makes one decision that I'm not going to spoil, but if I was watching this having not read the book, I'd be like, and the big reveal came out, I'd kind of really be confused about this character. Yeah. And in the book, it's very justified. You get why this character did this. But I think that's a case where it's following beats of a story and it, it has a good cast to flesh it out, but there's not enough filmmaking underneath that to really bring it out, I guess. Yeah. Now, uh, Jillian Flynn had a cameo in this movie. Did you know that? No. In, when they're at the Kill Club, the uh, the woman kind of dressed as Lizzie Borden. Jillian oh, Flynn. I didn't notice. It's like the cutest cameo, too. That's awesome. Yep. I wonder if they're they're gonna do a movie of sharp objects. Ugh, I love it. I don't know if they could do it in a way that would make me happy because that's a fucking mean book. It's a mean book and it's a hard book because it's story wise. That's one that isn't. I don't. Know, my problem with that book, not my problem, but the thing I, the reason I didn't love it as much as the other two was I felt like the pacing is very odd. Yeah, because uh, stuff kind of happens in big chunks and comes and goes. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be interesting, though. I, oh, do you want to hear about the cast? When I was reading Dark Places, do you want to hear who I had as cast? Yeah. Okay. Tell me. Libby, uh, Clea Duvall. Yeah. Right? Um, young Ben and old Ben. I think I just had one actor. I had Caleb, Caleb Landry Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, the yeah, mom, I can see that. You can totally see it, right? Redhead. Yeah. The mom, I had the mom from Oculus, whose name I can't think of, who was on Battlestar Galactica. Yep. Yep. <coughs> um, Nicholas Holt was Patrick Fugit from Almost Famous. Oh, okay. Yep. I didn't yeah. know who that was. Uh, the dad was the same dad, as I said. Yep. You did. Um, you nailed that. Yeah. I think that was everybody. I was, I was pretty proud of my casting. When I, when I... Um, I don't really do that usually. Really? I need to start. Yeah. It's... The problem is I, I tend to go to go-to's. It's like whenever there's a woman like between the age of, I don't know, 35 and 50, um, it's almost always going to be Laura Linney just because she always seems to work in that part when I read books. Yeah. It can get confusing. But, uh, yeah. 
So kind of meh in the end. Kind of meh in the end. Like, I can see why it went, why it kind of didn't have any kind of theatrical run, just because, I don't know, it's kind of just a crime film that doesn't go far enough, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if it would have done better if it had come out before Gone Girl, or if it just would have been more forgettable if it had come before Gone Girl. Ugh. I don't know. Or maybe it would have been exactly the same and amount of forgettable. Maybe it would have been exactly the same. But just in terms of how it was received, I guess. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. It's just... Yeah. And I, don't I, know. I mean, it is... I think if you're a fan of Charlize Theron, which, I mean, I am, I think... Um, I, I think she probably is one of the best actors working today. And... This movie is really interesting to see her embody this character. She doesn't, the problem is she doesn't get anything to do with it. Yeah. She fills out this character and you look, and again, too pretty, but you look at her and, and within one scene, I know who she is and I believe who she is. Yeah. She, I mean, she did everything. Everyone in this did everything they could. Yeah. There's just nothing given to them. So, you know, she just, like there's just no dynamics to the movie i guess in mm-hmm. a way uh yeah it's very by the numbers and and again just so plot based that there's no time for any character stuff i think yeah but yeah uh any more to say or should we go on and rate it not really i hit i hit everything i wanted to all right then uh quality of film hmm I gave Reindeer Games a five. I gave that. I, I gave Reindeer Games a six, huh? Weirdo. I'm just gonna. I'll. I'll give this a five point two five. Can I change my rating? <laughs> of of course, course you can. You don't have rules here. I know. So let's move Reindeer Games down to a five, so I can put this at a six point five. Okay. I'm gonna give this a a five. Well, Shirley Stern's good in it. I'll go five point seven five. There were so many good performances in this. Yeah. I thought. Drake DeMatteo's great. Yes. I feel like everyone was fighting against... And, like, and that's actually a great example. The scene... Her and Charlize Theron have two scenes together. Yeah. So the first scene is in a strip joint, and, like, it's a very... Um, it's Drea DeMatteo, Charlize Theron, and Nicholas Holt. And they're trying to get information from her. She is kind of just kind of wants drinks and everything. But there's this great connection that, that you buy. And, again, in the book it's explained, but Charlize Theron figures out like who this woman is very quickly yeah. and says like give her money and writes down her name and like there's because it's like because she knows that that Dre DeMatteo is going to call her like she can tell because there's this connection of we're two damaged fucked up women and you are gonna call me because you know that too yeah so then when they do meet again it's like this perfectly not like you totally see why these two women would sit down and talk and why they would talk the way they do. And it's really, this isn't, the actors transcend what they're given in this movie. Um, So yeah, I'll go 5.75 for film. Quality of life. Um, Five. Yeah, I'll probably go, I'll go keep to 5.75 actually. I mean, I'm glad I watched it and I found it interesting because I read the book and because of the performances. But had I not read the book, I don't think I would have given a shit about anything. Yeah. Um, I might have still liked the performances, but I don't know that they would have counted as much to me 
because yep. I wouldn't have had the connection of knowing what they were doing. Mm-hmm. What's your quality of life? You said five? Five, yeah. Okay. So that was Dark Places. It is on Amazon Prime, and it's not, I mean, it's like an hour 50. It's not over long. Um, no, it didn't feel long either. Yeah, because, I mean, it moves. It's just a question of, is it, I don't know. I mean, if you've read the book, I think you'll definitely be curious, and I would recommend watching it. Mm-hmm. If you haven't and you like crime kind of thrillers, I think it's because the crime itself, and this is something I liked about the book too, the crime is really interesting and it is surprising and it has twists. And if you like that kind of stuff, I think you'll at least get something out of that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's there. Okay, so as we close a few things before we do, Netflix recommends. Um, mine is sort of a cop-out, but not really. It's not a movie. It's a TV show. Oh, um, because you, you're so cute. Thanks. I just don't have time to sit and watch That's a movie, okay, so I've been honey, watching a lot okay. of TV. So I've been watching this show called The Returned. Is this the French one? It's the French one. See, I am so confused about this because okay. I had watched a movie yes. a couple of years ago called yeah. They Came Back. Yes. And that's a French movie. And the concept of that movie is people that had recently died come back. And they're not zombies. They just came back. And I liked the movie. It was a kind of kind of slow, not a horror movie, just kind of odd. And then I know there was this French series, The Returned, which didn't have anything to do with They Came Back, except it was kind of the same story. Yeah. And then there's like an American version of it. There's an American version, which I don't know anything about. Um, I heard it's not good, but I haven't, I have no idea if that's true. But the French show, um, the French one, I'm literally 20 minutes away from finishing the first season. And it's so amazing. Hmm. Very nice. If you're into uh, watching uh, TV, scripted (laughs) television (laughs) dramas. Um, and the the second season is going to end up on Netflix, I think, at, like, the 17th of February or something. So, it's awesome. Cool. I highly recommend it. Very cool. Uh, all right. My recommend is just a, a movie I had happened to watch on Netflix before, and I see that it's still on there, and it's really good. Um, and it is The Escapist, which is a British prison movie with a ridiculously good cast with Brian Cox, <laughs> Joseph Fiennes... Um, Dominic uh, Cooper? Is that his name? Dominic Cooper? That is somebody. That is, that's somebody. Um, Seamus from the WWE is in it. Uh, there's a few other people of note in it. And it's just a really good, these bunch of dudes escaping prison. Ridiculously well acted. Um, it's just good. And if you're in the mood for like something a little action-y, but with like a little more depth, I'd say give it a go. Give it a go. Uh, all right. And then next time, when next we meet, Christine and I decided uh, we picked two movies that I think are going to be fun. Because I was yeah. telling Christine, I'm kind of, I've been in like a tough chick mood lately. Yeah, I, and I'm always in a tough chick yeah. mood. Uh, there's really never a bad time to be in the mood for tough chicks. Uh, and so on Netflix at the moment, on Instant Watch, there is a movie on there that is about tough chicks that I know I've never seen, Christine's never seen. People loved it and people hated it and thought it was offensive, so therefore we have to watch it and weigh in. Of course. And that is Raze Woo! Zoe Bell, who I always love. I, I've been meaning to watch this for a very yeah, long time. Me too, and I saw it on Instant, and then the more I thought about it, I'm like, yeah, 
let's do that together. Uh, and then we're going to pair it with a movie I've always meant to watch. Uh, Me too. <laughs> what's that? Me too. Hey, hey, we should do a podcast together or something. Hang out. Hey. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go with, I forget the year of it, but uh, Girl Fight Woo. with Michelle Rodriguez before she was Resident Evil Michelle Rodriguez and whatever else came after that. Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, it's directed by the chick who did your one of your favorite movies, Jennifer's Body. Yeah, crazy that I've never seen this. Yeah, me too. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna do that next week or next month or whenever the fuck we record. I don't know time. Yeah, who know, who knows? Come on, people, it's get crazy. off our backs, right, dudes? <laughs> we've we we've done sixty something episodes. We've okay. given five hundred episodes. We we have been podcasting infinity. And there is nothing finity, infinity you can infinity say about that. Exactamundo. Judgmental fucks you are. Uh, okay, so if you would like to weigh in and tell us what we missed in Reindeer Games, come to our Facebook page. Come to Twitter, where we're at Feminine Podcast. Uh, and or just, I don't know, come stop by, ring my bell. I might open it, and if you bring pizza, I'll eat pizza. Mm-hmm. If you bring pizza to Christine, make sure it doesn't have gluten on it. Yeah, and I'll, then I'll eat it. Okay. Also, no meat, also no dairy. So don't bring me pizza. Oh my god, my dairy? When did that happen? I, yeah, I don't eat dairy. Was that a, is that a new thing? Like a year, maybe? Oh god. Girl. Sorry. I, I just... So what do you eat? Oh no, don't do like, that. you don't eat cheese, is what you're telling me. Correct. How are you still alive? Well, plenty of other things. <sighs> Oh, no. Sometimes I worry is all. All right. Well, I'm going to go eat cheese. Just just for you, because now I feel like I have to eat more in order to keep you okay. Somehow it's going to work. Uh, on that note, would you like to say goodnight to the folks? I guess so. Well, then say it. Good night, folks. Good night, folks. Let me know a little secret It's a talent
Take a breath, go ahead, sign the scroll Nicky Kevin, now I got a voice that rises on